Hey, welcome to the Forward by Faith broadcast. I'm excited that you're here. We're on the way into the sanctuary because we believe that the Lord has a word for us. Come on in and let's see what God has for us. Not looking back, I press into a higher place, no longer will I be deceived by the enemy, I'm moving forward, 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 yeah, I'm walking to my destiny to be on that, I'm moving, yeah, speak to the Just lift your hands all over the sanctuary. Open your mouth, just glorify. Amen. Let it be so. That blessing that was just sang over your life, you're saying, Amen. I receive it. Your blessings, your favor to a thousand generations. God, I thank you. I thank you. I receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Your will be done in my life. Go before me. Cover me. God, we thank you that you are a God who wants to bless. Thank you for your blessings upon our lives. Thank you that you bless to a thousand generations. Thank you for blessing our children's 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 children. Open doors now in the name of Jesus. Thank you that you're canceling generational curses right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, that you're going from heart to heart and breast to breast, that you're going up and down each and every row, that you're going through the Internet right now in the name of Jesus. Do it as only you can. We'll give you all of the honor. We'll give you all of the glory for you are worthy. Thank you that you're enlarging our territory, that you're blessing us indeed. We walk in your favor. We walk in your anointing. We thank you, O oh God, right now that you will confirm your word. I decrease that you might increase. Thank you for breaking up the fallow ground. We honor you and we adore you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Now give God a shout of praise because he's awesome. Hallelujah. Come on, touch three people and just tell them, receive the blessings of the Lord. I think it went an hour ahead this.
Y'all got a sweet, mellow spirit on you. I pray that's what it is and not sleep. <laughs> I got up this morning, I said, oh, Lord. You ready for a word this morning? I believe there's a word from the Lord this morning. Verse 13 says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Uh, I like that. Ask your neighbor this question. Neighbor, look at him and say, oh, neighbor, what do you do when you're thirsty? <laughs> Ask somebody, else, well, what you do, what you do, what you do, what you, what you be doing when you, when you're thirsty. Look at somebody else, asking what you do now, what you do, what you do, bass player, what you do, what you do, what you do when, you, when you're thirsty. You, you can be seated, go on. Men, thank you for singing this morning. You bless me. What do you do when you're thirsty? Everybody knows what it's like to be thirsty, to be parched, dehydrated dry mouth, longing for a drink, in need of a beverage or something to quench your thirst, and nothing seems to do it. Anybody in here besides me ever been thirsty? Let's see a show of hands so your neighbor know they ain't by themselves. All of us know what it is to be thirsty. And in urban colloquialisms, thirst takes on a whole different meaning. To be thirsty is to be eager, to be greedy, to be anxious, to try to get at it. Having a showing of strong desire for something, be it attention, compliments, validation, ambition, power, control, domination, companionship, thirsty. Thirsty speaks of being desperate, thirsty. Social media, thirsty. Liking every pic, commenting on every post, low key, high key, stalking. Thirsty. You ever been thirsty or somebody running after you that's thirsty? You'll raise your hand on that because you don't want to admit that we've been thirsty. At one point, all of us, in some point, all of us have been thirsty. The Sprite commercial used to say, obey your thirst. But you have to be careful how you obey your thirst. You got to be careful. You got to manage your thirst because the reality is your thirst will make you pay for what your life cannot afford. There are those who spend their whole lives searching for something that will satisfy, but satisfaction always eludes them because just because you're thirsty don't mean you're going to find something that's going to quench your thirst. You mess around and get the wrong thing and you're to make you sick. You ought to hear me up in here. What do you do when you're thirsty? Hit somebody and ask them, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? What do you do when you're thirsty? What do you do when you're thirsty? Well, well, Jesus and this Samaritan sister helps us understand how to govern and address our thirst. 
Our text is connected to the preceding chapters in several ways. First of all, Jesus is the star of the story. Somebody say the star of the story. He's the in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning. Jesus was there. Through these first three chapters, he's, he's choosing and instructing and making disciples. And there's Mike water symbolism throughout. Jesus is traveling. He has an itinerant ministry and he's moving from Galilee down to Capernaum up to Jerusalem where he stepped into the temple and started turning tables over because folk was cheating in the church. The Jews established control and they confronted him and they questioned his authority. How are you going to come in our temple and do some stuff like that? But just because they questioned didn't mean that Jesus didn't stop doing signs and he started doing wonders and people believed in him. Uh, Jesus, but the Bible says he didn't entrust himself to them. Before our text in chapter 3, y'all will remember a boy named Nicodemus. He came to Jesus. He was marveling at Jesus' miracles and acknowledged that, boy, you got to be from God, all this stuff you're doing right here. Jesus said in John 3 and 3, Very verily I say unto thee, uh, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nick asked, how can someone who is old uh, be born again? Surely he can't enter a second time into his mama's womb. Jesus said, verily I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised by my saying, you must be born again. Just tap somebody and say, you got to be born again. You got to be born again of water and the spirit. Uh, 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 there that water is. And Jesus and his disciples went out to the Judean countryside. Stay with me where he spent time with his disciples and he baptized, it says in John 3 and 22. John and his disciples were also baptizing folk. And some Pharisee came up to John, tried to create some tension between Jesus' ministry and John's ministry and pointed out the fact to John that all of the peoples is going to Jesus to be baptized. The religious joker didn't care nothing about baptism. All he wanted to do is try to stop Jesus' blow-up ministry. You will always find someone when you start going to another level who tries to draw tension between you and your partner. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Uh, but John said to the meddling Pharisee, man, it's all good. In John verse 30 of chapter 3, he said, I must decrease and he must increase. He must become greater and I must become less. Y'all don't hear me real good. Isn't it good that John was not thirsty for center stage? <laughs> Had John been thirsty for center stage, he would have got upset that his ministry was decreasing and Jesus' ministry was increasing but John understood what his role was. His role was to be the clarion caller for Jesus. He was Jesus' hype man. See, when we learn that we don't have to be center stage, but maybe God is calling you to be the hype woman or the hype man, we'll all get blessed. Oh, y'all don't hear me. We shoot our stars because we want to be a star because we thirsty. I wish I had some folk in here who would give God some praise because Jesus said there's none greater than John because he knows how to pray his part. So in verse 1, Jesus, Jesus is saying, look here, I, I heard you boys heard that uh, I was baptizing more folk. And what I love about Jesus is Jesus said, you know what? I ain't even staying around here. Because I ain't going to let you draw division between me and my dog. 
So I'm going to leave uh, Judea and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on back up to Galilee. Look at verse 1. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. That Jesus' ministry was blowing up. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. Jesus wasn't even doing it because Jesus was such a big baller, he didn't mind delegating. When you know who you are, you ain't got to have your fingers in everything. You can release it to somebody else and still have the same. I'm trying to help somebody who's in upper management. So he left Judea and went back once again to get Galilee because he was not going to let religious folk drive a wedge between his ministry and his cousin John. So he went back to Galilee. Now, now, now he, the Bible says he had to go through Samaria. Can I take my time since y'all chill? I'm going to chill. He had to go through, meaning that the route normally followed by Jewish travelers from Judea to Galilee passed right through Samaria. Geographically, it made sense for him to go the shortest route. I hate when the Waze app takes me places where it don't need to take me, and had I just mapped it out myself, I'd have went directly. Somebody holler, sometimes you need to just go direct and stop going to scenic route. Verse 6, 5 says, So he came to a town in Samaria called Zachar. Now the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus was tired as he was from the journey. He sat down by the well, and it was high noon. Though there was animosity, bad blood, between the Jews and the Samaritans, Jesus, instead of taking a bypass, went directly through because he wasn't stutting whether or not there was some challenges between him and some folk of color. So Jesus went straight through Samaria. He arrived at a town called Sychar, also known as Shechem, where Jacob's well was. Y'all remember? Remember Jacob? He was the heel grabber, but he was also the one who wrestled with the angel and said, I will not let you go until it blessed me. He says, what's your name? And the angel changed his name to Israel because he wrestled with God. Would you just wrestle with somebody for a minute and tell them sometimes you got to wrestle with God if you want things to change. Sometimes you got to wrestle with God if you need to change. Is, is there anybody up in here ready to wrestle today? Is there Anybody watching me who says, I'm going to get mine. I ain't letting God go until God blesses me. You might be tired, but you need to shake off the sleep and say, I ain't letting you go till you bless. Verse 7 says, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? I like JC. First thing you need to understand when it comes to thirst, thirst ain't bad. Jesus shows us that it's all right to be thirsty. As a matter of fact, it's only natural to be thirsty. And it's all right to ask for what you need. I'm going to just go on about my business. Bruh, I'm going to just go on about my business. Jesus was tired from the journey, so he said to this sister, will you give me a drink? Pop somebody, just tell him it's all right to ask for what you want. It's all right to ask. You have not because you ask not. You need to ask for what you want. But, but check it out, verse 9. The sister says to him, man, you a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman. How are you going to ask me for a drink? Don't you know that y'all don't associate with us? She identifies Jesus as a Jew, and this is the only place in the Gospel of John where Jesus is identified as a Jew. How she know Jesus was a Jew? She didn't know Jesus. 
Jesus and the Samaritans didn't get along because they had history. They were like oil and water. They was like liberals and conservatives. They were like black folk and white folk. The, the Assyrians had captured Samaria, the capital of the northern kingdom. They deported all the Israelites of substance and settled the land with foreigners. So jokers start intermarrying with one another, and the pure Jews felt that their stuff was diluted. Y'all don't hear me. So, so they, when they returned back, and after they got out of captivity, obviously they didn't learn nothing in captivity, they start looking down at the Samaritans, saying that they were a half-breed, mixed breed of folk. You know how we get good hair, bad hair, light skin, dark skin, blue eyes. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah, we get all jacked up in the head. The Jews didn't even want to use dishes after Samaritans, and they had regulations which declared that Samaritan women were unclean on sight. Oh, uh, y'all ain't hear it. Didn't have to do nothing. All you had to do was be. Ain't that how it is? Some folk just judge you by sight. They don't know nothing about you. You come in. You make folk. You trying to get along with everybody. But the deal is, you upset the equilibrium of folk just because they insecure. You walk in the room. You ain't got to say nothing because they comparing themselves to you. Do I have anybody who will give God praise for you being you and let everybody else be nervous because... And apparently women wasn't even supposed to be in public by themselves. Here this sister come sashaying up there in the noonday. Usually women would go in groups early in the morning or in the evening. But when you a star, some folk can't handle being with you. Don't be mad because folk don't want you in the group. They don't, they, you would enhance their group anyway if you are apart. I'm going to just keep going. This... This woman was a Samaritan. She was a member of a hated mixed race. She probably had a, a crazy history. Y'all don't hear me. And here she was in public talking to a dude. No respectable, God-fearing Jewish gentleman would be caught dead talking to a woman like that in public. Nobody Reverend Mike but Jesus. When you thirsty, you need to be looking for Jesus. I don't give a dad gum how jacked up you are. Hear me. One of them things I like about Jesus is Jesus really is a dancing, dinking, no respecter of person. Right now, there's some folk looking at me, and I'm looking at you, and you are suffering from what the new phrase is, imposter syndrome. You got the job, you on top, but you don't believe that you have the ability or the smart to really do it. So you're really insecure, back people off of you because you're afraid that somebody gonna get close enough to figure out that you really don't know what you're doing, even though you know what you're doing and everybody's giving you props for doing what you're doing, but you're scared for folk to get close. Y'all don't hear me real good. Uh, there always some of us, many of us, all of us suffer from some insecurity. There's some stuff that we don't want nobody to know we covered up by barking at folk or pretending that we're smarter than we are. Many of us don't even like the way we look. We don't like our nose. We don't like our lips. We don't like our hips. Well, them the ones you got. And if you mess around and inject them or slice them, you're going to get something that God didn't intend for you to have in the first place. You don't hear me. What I love about Jesus is, regardless of your status, regardless of your station, regardless of which side of the tracks you come from, regardless of how you think you look at how other people try to make you feel. Jesus says, I don't care how jacked up you are, you're the right one to come to me, and if you don't come to me, I'm going to run after you. If nobody else will use you, I will use you. If nobody else will speak to you, I'll speak to you. If everybody else excludes you, I'm going to include you. I'm going to ask you for what I need, even when nobody else wants to talk to you. Do I have anybody in here who was toe up from the flow up who was jacked up and isolated but Jesus called your name and said give me a drink 
I'm glad I don't have to fit in with their group. God said, I came to break down the middle wall of petition. He said, when I came and did my thing, there's no longer Jew, no Creek, no male, no female, no slave, no free. We're all one in Christ Jesus. There's no high church, no low church, or bougie saints, or lowball saints. God, God says we all got it going on. You know, you know, all of us are jacked up on this road with a degree or no degree, with some money or no nickels to rub together. If we peel back your bank account, we'll see some of them black stank. Y'all don't hear me. You can have money today in Silicon Valley. Can happen to you tomorrow. You need. But mama, this sister said, Jews don't associate with Samaritans. Verse 10, Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. If you knew the gift of God, who it is who's asking you for a drink, I'm asking you for something small, and I'm going to give you something back, supernatural, but you don't recognize in the joker that's asking you, if you knew the gift of God, I can see God standing in front of our crazy situations and saying, if you only knew, if you only knew how I wanted to bless you, you would talk to me and I would do what I'm ordained to do if you only knew you wouldn't be so thirsty if you knew the one who could satisfy your thirst if you only knew the gift you wouldn't settle for less than God's best he said if you only knew the gift you wouldn't live beneath your privileges he said if you only knew the gift you wouldn't settle but you'd soar if you only knew the gift that I'm the God of of the open door you wouldn't be afraid to put your hand on the handle if you knew that I was doing a new thing that it was now going to spring forth if you only knew that I'm a God who makes a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert if you only knew that I'm fresh water you wouldn't be parched if you only knew that I had more for you you wouldn't settle for a piece but you did everything that I have for you if you only only knew you would give me what I've given you and I'd give you what I have for you if you only knew it that you could trust me he said but you don't know so you're trying to cold control it yourself if you only knew who was in control you wouldn't be a controller sometime I think we thirsty we don't know. Sometimes I think we stay stuck because we too scared to ask God for the real stuff because we don't want to release the stock stuff. He says, all you got to do is ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened for everyone who asks receives and they that seek find and him who knocks the door shall be opened. Is there anyone here who wants something from God, who desires something from God? Why you get up early and come to church if you ain't going to be like a dog on the hunt? I dare you to open your mouth, open your arms, ask God and say, God, I'm asking. God, I'm seeking. God, I'm knocking. And I'm expecting you to. They that come to him must believe that he is. And that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Jesus is asking right now, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Is cancer too big for me? I don't think so. 
Come on, is financial mess up too big for me? I don't think so. Is fixing your family too big for me? I don't think so. God says, what do you want me to do? If peace of mind, what do you want him to do? God, all I need for you to do is satisfy my thirst. Because when I'm thirsty, too often, I go after stuff that I think's going to satisfy me. And I still end up parched. I'm going to preach to myself. I don't want to preach to nobody else. I want to be satisfied. I want real peace. I want to be satisfied. I want real joy. I want to be satisfied. I want real contentment. I want to be satisfied. I really want to like myself. I want to be satisfied. I want to know that I'm more than enough. I want to be satisfied that if I'm by myself, I'm still not by myself. I want to be satisfied. I, whether I'm married or whether I'm not, I want to be satisfied. Whether I got a child or not, I want to be satisfied. Whether I get the promotion or not, I want to be satisfied. Whether I got extra money or not, I want to be satisfied. I want to walk and look at myself in the mirror and say that I'm made in your image. I want to be satisfied. I want to, I want to, I want you to satisfy my thirst because I'm thirsty. If only she had known that Jesus was the gift of God and the living water that she needed. See, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus had this double-level language. Jesus was trying to communicate to her that the, the fulfillment of God's promises for his people were in him. But this wonderful woman misunderstood what he was saying. If, he said, if only you had known a gift to God and who it was that asked you for a drink. He says, he would have given you living water. If only you had known that I'm asking you for something, but when you give it to me, I'm going to multiply what I'm asking you for. You wouldn't have held back on it and you wouldn't have bought asking me all these doggone questions and telling me theological stuff that I already know because I am theology. You need to understand that Jesus' words were always rooted in the word. That Jesus, who is the word, always rooted his words in the Old Testament word because he came to fulfill the word. So when he spoke the word, it was in line with the word. For example, the Messianic prophet Isaiah said, come all you who are thirsty. Look at somebody say, come on now, come on, come on, come on. The prophet Jeremiah said, my people, uh, Jeremiah 2 and 13, my people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me who is the spring of living water and they have dug their own cisterns. They have dug their own wells. In other words, they've tried to satisfy their thirst on their own, but I am the living water. So when Jesus talks about the living water, he ain't doing nothing but backing up and preaching the word that the Lord had already preached through his prophet. He was confirming his word. So Jesus said, everyone in verse 13 who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. It's bringing up, welling up to eternal life. The woman says, sir, bruh, you need to give me this water. So that I don't have to be thirsty no more coming back and forth out here to draw some water. In the natural, this wonderful woman is thinking, what? 
You mean you gonna give a girl some water that I don't even have to come back here and be drawing up in this well? No, see, it's hard for us to understand because we got tap water and pipes and water running through. We got bottled water. We got Fiji. We got we, we you know we got we we got all kind of water that's bottled up. Got half bottles of water sitting all over the house, but we don't know nothing about nothing about getting up before daybreak and going traveling from miles through the bush uh, as a little girl before you go to school and, and, and putting water on your head and coming back for miles. You got to bathe with that water. You got to cook with that water. You got to drink. Do you understand? That's why we dig wells in Africa so that our brothers and sisters don't die from waterborne diseases we take for granted because we can throw away. Is this your water or is this my water? Like you don't have germs and they got germs and all you got to do, you ought to be glad you got some water to drink you turn on the water and go in the kitchen and go in the basement and go outside wasting water and there are a million people a year who are dying and out y'all are hearing me that's why this woman was excited because when you in a desert and you got a well with fresh running water you're more excited than I'm gonna keep going back but I understand she was, she was dwelling in the realm of the natural. But there's always uh, a spiritual realm to your natural issue. First Corinthians 15 and 44 says that the spiritual did not come first, but the natural. And after that, the spiritual. Listen to me now. 1 Corinthians 4, 15, verse 47 says, The man was of the dust of the earth, the first man. The second man is of heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have been born in the image of the earthly man, so shall we be made in the image of the heavenly man. Jesus says, I can deal with your natural with my supernatural. Oh, you didn't hear me real good. Jesus says, I can deal with the stock market and still give you a supernatural financial tsunami. Oh, so, so I, I got four people who, he says, I can put you through a chemo regimen and still heal you supernaturally and still baffle the doctors trying to figure out how is it that your body is responding like this. This is a miracle. Y'all ain't hear me. See, the woman didn't know who she was dealing with yet. She didn't know that he was the giver of life. She didn't know that she was the living water. She didn't know who she was talking to. So Jesus says, everyone who drinks this water, water will thirst again but whoever drinks the water I give them they gonna never thirst no more indeed I will give them what will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life when I'm thirsty I have to remember that by his spirit he's always trying to give me the gift of living water he says if you hunger and thirst for righteousness you gonna be filled in other words if I'm still thirsting that means I ain't thirsty enough if I'm still hungry that means I ain't going after it because he promised that if you believe in me out of my belly shall flow waters hallelujah rivers of living water do I have anybody up in here who's ready for some overflow do I have anybody up in here who's ready he says all I need you to do is give me your natural and expect my supernatural. All I need for you to do is give me your stuff and I'm going to exchange it for my stuff. He said, but you're going to remain hungry as long as you keep your stuff and think your stuff going to satisfy because ain't nothing you got that God didn't give you and ain't nothing you can keep that's going to make you satisfied. Otherwise, you wouldn't be miserable with all the stuff you got.
thirst. When you thirsty, you got to always remember that Jesus is trying to reveal himself to you in your thirst. Whenever I'm trying to satisfy my thirst on my own terms, it's then when Jesus is standing by saying, what you going to choose? Saccharine or water? I like this. It's like Bible class. The woman didn't know who Jesus was. So in order to reveal himself to her, he reveals her to herself. I can come to church and hide behind the manufactured me and never get deliverance from the real me. Y'all done played in enough churches to know that there's the Negro there and then there's the one behind the scenes. That's why we operate in relative sin and say, if they can be a fool and still seem blessed, I'll be a fool. But sooner or later, JC says, you're going to get tired of playing church drip drip and you're going to be ready for a real outpouring of God. He says, but before I get to that, I got to get you out the way and show you you. I'm going to keep going. I need to hurry up. Y'all ready to go home now that you should have just, put y'all, you shouldn't have pushed snooze. Verse 16, he says, like out the blue, go call your husband and come back. I ain't got no husband, she, she said. Because you know she didn't say, I have no husband, she replied. You know that sister, I ain't got no husband. <laughs> Jesus said to her, you right, girl. When you say you don't have no husband. Real talk, baby. You done had five husbands. And the dude you kicking it with now. Dog ain't your husband. <laughs> JC said, What you have said is true. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. Why you going in on a sister like that? Why you here she is? Just trying to drink a little water. And here you gonna come with here, just you know, just, 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 but but let me help y'all. Jesus was not going in on this woman. Jesus was trying to reveal to this woman just how futile her efforts have been to try to satisfy her thirst on her own. What she was truly thirsty for, he was trying to help her see, and that Jesus himself was the answer to all of the stuff. Dominic wasn't going to do it. Donnie wasn't going to do it. David wasn't going to do it. Danita wasn't going to do it. Cheryl wasn't going to do it. Alex wasn't going to do it. He told her, go tell your husband. She said, I ain't got no husband. He said, you right. You ain't got no husband. You'd have five of them jokers. I don't know whether you'd have killed a couple of them or, or what then happened, but you done been through some bras. Tap somebody say, who you done been through? Y'all don't even want to say that because we in church. I always know when you're hanging with somebody you don't have no business because y'all know each other, but you walk past each other like you don't know one another. And I'm a triple OG. I'm from old school. I, I know when you're playing. You better stop it. Take her out your phone because you don't know a number by heart. So take thought out of your contact. Singing up here, singing. You got, we want that oil to fall on you. Here's what I like about JC. Jesus meets her right where she is. 
Wasn't no fake. First, giving honor to God, who is the head of my life, to the pastor, saints, and friends. I just want to nasty as a buzzard won't talk to nobody messing with deacon elmo doing all kind of stuff up in the church smoking cigars in the back y'all ain't hearing me up in here first giving the honor to god no you ain't giving honor to god and you dishonoring yourself but what i like about this sister at least she told the truth i ain't got no husband at least she told the truth when you're thirsty you gotta remember that nothing you acquire, nothing you achieve, nothing you ascend to, nothing you do, no organization that you will be a part of, not even church activity will satisfy you if God is void of the activity. Preaching ain't gonna excite you if God is not part of the act. Somebody give God a shout of praise. Come on, anybody in here tired? Anybody out of here tired of playing? Anybody ready to go to another level? Anybody ready for God to bless your socks up? Some of y'all ain't sure you're ready. Some of us wondering what's missing. Got everything. Anybody in here for real? Tell the truth. Then try the thing or two in the last seven weeks. I'm going to rebuke that lion spirit. Look at, well, not seven weeks, maybe eight. Number of new beginnings. No, we a lot like the system. I've discovered that we continue to run after things even when they don't work. Run after money that was never satisfied. Run after honey though you lose a flavor for. There's nothing that can ever replace Whatever you get, sooner or later, you ever had buyer's remorse? I have. I looked for it. I looked it up online. I compared it, tried to get the best price. I was like, oh, this is on, this is on, this is on like poppycorn. I'm going to get this one right here, have it delivered to the crib. I love this. And as soon as I get it, I get buyer's remorse because I realized I didn't need it in the first place. And what he had given me in the first place was better even than what I had. Y'all ain't even hearing me real good. See, but what I love about Jesus, he, he does not, he does not convict to condemn. He convicts to convert and correct. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. And even though we know it, it's hard to look at our real stuff. We would rather come to church and receive a word that does not make us reflect than get a word that's going to make us look at our stuff. Because I, can I be honest? Sometimes God convicts me of stuff that I don't want to address yet. I just see some folk walk out right in the middle. I ain't dealing with that yet. God, God talk about submission. <laughs> Let me. I don't know what's wrong with him. Something wrong with him. The way he's preaching now. It just ain't right. See, God will tell me to forgive. Like, I ain't ready to do that yet because you done seen what they done done to me. And forget that. I will do it when I get ready. God says, I'm convicting you so that I can correct you so that I don't have to discipline you so that I can give you what I have for you. And see, the problem is it's easy to come to church and deflect and redirect and put it on preach to them, pastor, when God is saying it's you. 
that has the bullseye on your forehead. And, 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 and we'll deflect. Y'all don't get it. Can, can I keep going just a little while longer? Hurry Y'all don't really mean it, but I'm going to go on anyhow. Verse 19, all of a sudden, Jesus is talking to her about all of her stuff. And she says, sir, verse 19, I can see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worship on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Dealing with your thirst requires being real about what you have used to satisfy your thirst. What's your elixir? What's your proclivity? What's your go-to when you're thirsty? You might not smoke weed, but you control your children. You might not control your children, but you'll get a side piece. Every side piece wants to be the centerpiece. And they will wreck your whole table. And you think you're hitting it like that. You ain't nobody. Boy, you a dime a dozen. If there's one Ruth bar, there's another. Oh, Y'all ain't hear me. That wasn't on my notes, but that was for fun. You need to understand. You need to understand. Here Jesus is. I don't know what made her think that she was going to be able to divert things when she didn't already said that he's a prophet. He didn't read her mail. He didn't told her everything she had done in her past. And she really thought that maybe he won't notice that I'm moving off topic just a little bit. First, let me flatter him and say that he's a prophet. Girl, you ain't flattering me. I'm beyond a prophet. I created the prophets. And now you want to take talk theology with me about you. You say that we should worship in Jerusalem, but we say that we should worship. Y'all don't hear me. The Samaritans only embraced the five first books of the Bible, but the Jews had the first five books and the prophetic books and the wisdom literature books, the psalmic. But you need to understand, she thought that if she uh, changed the subject to worship, that she could get Jesus off of her stuff. But Jesus said, you trying to redirect, but that helps me redirect so that I can do a reformation and get you to salvation. Every time I come and try to redirect God, God pulls me back to the real deal. God says the real deal is worship. The real deal is giving me what I deserve. The real deal is do you love me enough to give me what I require of you? She talking about, you know, y'all worship here and we worship over here. And, you know, new faith is, uh, is better than first deliverance. And first deliverance is better than church of the ninth dimension. And, and we are, psh. Verse 21. I'm going to hurry up. I'm out of time. Jesus says in verse 21, woman, believe me, time is coming when you will Worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans, see, y'all worship what you don't know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. You, you, you worship what you don't know. Y'all only accept so much of the word. He said, we worship what we do know. We got the prophets and we got the psalmists and we got the wisdom literature. And what you need to know that salvation comes from the Jews because it is God who has ordained the Jews to have the word that would be blessed for everyone else in the nations to be blessed. Y'all need to hear me. She thought she was deflected and Jesus was bringing her right back to her own salvation. He was prophetic when he's talking to this woman. Verse 21 again. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father. A time is coming when you will worship the Father. A time is coming when you will worship the Father. You worried about whether you're worshiping over here or over here. Whether you're sitting in the second row or whether you're in the balcony. Whether you're in the balcony or whether you're up here in the choir stand. Where you're sitting in your favorite seat or whether you're sitting in another seat and somebody sitting in your seat. And God has 
saying, what you need to understand, if you really going to quench your thirst, you got to learn how to worship in spirit and in truth, regardless of where you are. You got to learn how to worship him for who he is. And he's prophetic. He said, sooner or later, you're going to get to a place where you're going to worship the Father. Sooner or later, if I got to take everything from you that I have given to you, you're going to worship the Father. I'll take your reputation. I will take your stuff. I'll take your money. I'll take your comfort. And sooner or later, you're going to worship me. Yet a time is coming, verse 23, and has already come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and worship him in truth. God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. How do you worship him in spirit and in truth? First, you got to worship him with your whole heart. God is love. You got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. God is spirit. Under the unction of the Holy Ghost, you got to pray in the spirit and pray with your mind. You got to sing in the spirit and sing with your mind. You got to pray in the spirit on all occasions. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord and make it. For he is our God. For he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his head. Is there anybody in here who's ready for God to show up? I dare you. Open your mouth. Give God some praise. Give him glory with reckless abandonment. Come on, give him glory. Give him glory. You don't know who you're worshiping. The lady said, when Jesus shows up, when the Christ shows up, he going to tell us everything. But Jesus said, I am the one that you're looking for. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the living water. I am your healer. You got to learn how to worship him. You got to open your mouth and give him praise. Come on, louder. If you're thirsty, show God you're thirsty. presence, his fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Come on, get your joy back. Give him some glory. Come on, get your peace back. Give him some glory. Come on, get your... I dare you all the way in the balcony. Shout loud enough to blow my hair back. Give God some glory. If you got any enemies, give God some praise real loud. If you got any issues, give God some glory real loud. If you got any financial challenges, open your mouth and give God some glory because he inhabits the praises of his people. Man, daughter, 
You can't come to church and put in time. You're wasting life collateral. I don't preach for fun. I minister for transformation. And I tell God, start with me. Because you know I'm thirsty. And if you don't satisfy me, I'm going to try to taste something else. God wants to drop in this house. God wants to manifest himself in this house. So that if don't nobody preach, if no song, song is sung, that the presence of God will be so thick that demons can't stand the presence. So whatever it is that has you, it got to flee when you walk in the place. God says, you don't need performance no more. You need his presence. Do you understand that purpose is in his presence? After leaving the presence of the living water, the Bible says, I think around verse 23, that she dropped her bucket, went back home, and told everybody who would listen, y'all need to come see a man. who has told me everything I've ever done. If you really get connected to God, you won't be 70-year-old trying to figure out what you're going to do when you grow up. You won't have to live your life vicariously through your grandchildren because you got a life on your own. G-Ma, you at home? No, baby, I'm on a mission. Your mission in life is to encounter him for real and let somebody know what a for real miracle looks like. Come on, just lift your hands toward heaven for a few more minutes. We early anyway, they sprung ahead, remember? Come on, just bless him for a moment. Come on, if you're at home in your living room, bless him. Bless him for a moment. You, you need to practice his presence so that when you're by yourself, you don't feel silly doing it. Come on. Uh, God says, I know COVID did a thing on you. You got PTSD. God said, but if you got my presence, I will totally save you and deliver you. Come on, open your mouth. Give God some glory right where you are. Come on, give him glory. That, that's for them jokers on your job that's been trying to drive you crazy. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you, God. We're thirsty. Teach us how to be satisfied by you. Come on, God. Let you be enough. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, rest upon your people. May the blessings that have been sang over their lives manifest. Bless them 30, 60, 100 fold. God, bless them even as they grieve. Hallelujah. Don't let them grieve as those who have no hope. Bless them right in the valley. Feed them in the valley. In the name of Jesus. Help them with their real stuff. We believe God help our unbelief. In the name of Jesus, we yield to you. You are the living water. We honor you today. And we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Touch three people. Tell them, receive him. Receive him. Receive it. Touch one more person, ask them, are you saved? Ask them, do you have a church home? If you're not sure you're saved, if you don't have a church home, come on right now in Jesus' name.
Come on. They that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You're thirsty. You've been thirsty. God said, come on. The living water is here. If you're online, just put your phone up to the QR code, fill out the information and push in. Thank you for tuning in to our broadcast of New Faith Baptist Church International. If this message has been a blessing to your life, we ask that you please partner with us by sowing a seed of faith so we can continue to extend the body of Christ. Join us as we continue to move forward by faith.